Hello, hockey fans, and welcome back once again to the best podcast in all of junior hockey. The only podcast worth listening to in junior hockey. And why is that? Well, because we've got the two best hosts in junior hockey. And this week, dare I say, Dan, the most confident, the most experienced, and the best person to talk about the NCDC with. But before I get to that person who's joined us today, first... I have to introduce the man to my right, the only man in this room whose name is shared with that of the show we are on. It's Dan Kay. Dan, welcome to the podcast. I, every time you do that, we're in the same building right now, folks. This is the this is a first with the audio podcast, and I was worried there was someone else in here, and it scared me. I was looking around, thinking there's a third person here. There is not, but there is a third person on the show today, and this this is going to be one of our favorite interviews of the year of the Dan K show history, because I need folks to know, you know, in the wizard of Oz, there was the little man behind the curtain who was doing all these things. This ain't no wizard of Oz situation. This is an absolute wizard, a genius, a guy who behind the scenes and in front of the camera took the hub city experience from an idea, from a thought process to a, a zillion games in a, just a few days, to a absolutely professionally and beautifully performed experience done by both the United States Premier Hockey League and the Tampa Bay Juniors organization who worked so hard down there in Florida on this one. And this man deserves an absolute round of applause. I know it's an audio podcast and we won't hear you, but if you are not clapping, those of you in the car don't clap, keep driving. Those of you listening at home, you clap right now for this man, Tyler Davey. At this point, not just the voice of the Tampa Bay Juniors, the voice of just about every team in this USPHL, and we give them the round of applause. Nice work, Lucas. I, I forgot it's audio and I can clap. <laughs> Tyler, what's going on? <laughs> Dan and Lucas, thank you so much for having me. I've been missing you down here in Tampa. It's probably 50 degrees warmer than anywhere else in this country. You don't understand, Tyler. We're on LBI right now. The way I woke up this morning was 7 a.m. to a call from work, went to fall back to sleep for a couple more minutes, steal some Z's, and our front storm door down here on Long Beach Island was ripped off by 50-mile-per-hour wind gusts in negative 10-degree temps and slammed into the wall in front of my room and just I fell out of bed this morning. That's how I got up. Well, right outside my room, there's a palm tree whenever it's wind <laughs> against the window. And that's usually my natural alarm clock. So a little bit different, but yeah, I'm with you there. You gotta be careful. It's like a poltergeist situation, but like Florida version <laughs> poltergeist. You gotta watch out for those trees. I'll tell you what, man, I didn't sleep for weeks after that whole tree thing. I had a tree outside of my room as a kid, that poltergeist movie, the whole tree trying to grab people and stuff like that. Have you seen that? Luke? No, Lucas hasn't seen, seen poltergeist. I'm taking a walk. <laughs> you haven't seen poltergeist. Lucas hasn't seen anything. Lucas references the land before time about 87 times a day. And that's like the last movie he saw. Lucas just stopped aging into the movie world at six. Other than oh, Star Wars, of course. We have, I'm from Rhode Island. We have The Conjuring from Rhode Island. And that uh-huh. was tough to live in the state, the smallest state in the union for a little bit. We actually tried to visit the house once, <laughs> completely barricaded. And it's in about as scary of a setting as you think it would be. One road in, one road out, no lights whatsoever. Nope, not at all. Literally, we have out here, we got weird New Jersey in Jersey. So you got places, we went around, there's spots you can turn off your engine and the car starts back up. 
we would do some, I mean, uh, Lucas makes fun of me. I'm from Waretown, New Jersey, which is uh, just down the road from the hometown of the NASCAR champ, Martin Truex Jr. So we like to think of ourselves as little South, you know what I mean? We're a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. we, we're still in Jersey, but there's, there's a lot of country there. We used to go mudding and off-roading and there were some weird New Jersey spots we ended up in. And, and I never want to go back that way again. It's, I'm not good with scary stuff. Keep me on the ground. I don't need to be high up. I don't need to be in a plane. I don't need to be moving very fast. You just keep me moving slow and smooth. I'm like the guy who loves the log flume. Like, let's go for it, man. Let's just kind of lazy river this thing, and I'll just get in a tube and float around. Well, speaking of Jersey, my only experience really of Jersey, well, the Jersey Turnpike driving up and down from Florida to Rhode Island. <laughs> so three years in a row, three summers, going to Seaside Heights. Had to. Jersey Shore is my show growing up. Oh, no. For probably, I don't know how, from age 12 to 16, Mm-hmm. But in COVID, that's one thing COVID stripped me of was my trip to Seaside Heights this summer. I'll tell you what, we're Long Beach Island folks, so it's kind of it's kind of like you saying that you're a Red Sox fan to a, a group of Yankee fans there <laughs> with that one. You know, we're we're rivals with Seaside Heights, and it's still a great town. We love the beach towns in New Jersey. I will tell you though, Jersey Shore for the folks that are not from Jersey, those guys are from Staten Island. Those guys and girls, okay, that's a New York <laughs> problem. That ain't our problem. That's the stuff that comes trickling on down. All right, not everyone can be Tyler Davy coming from Rhode Island. It, it sometimes you get a little bit of that stat, that Staten Island Jersey Shore. We love the Staten Island folk, but the Jersey Shore folk, those people, no thanks. I think I think it's gonna be a no for me, dog. That we call them shoebies here. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a, a no from us. You can tell them sort of right away. And I will say, Tyler, that if you've driven the New Jersey Turnpike and you've gone to Seaside Heights, you've basically experienced ninety-five percent of New Jersey. That's that's mm-hmm. essentially what we we have to offer. We do the have beach, some farms, the beach and the Turnpike. We had some farms. Yeah, you stop off, uh, I think it's exit four or five. We got some good ones down there, but yes, <sighs> that, that's it. My biggest question always when I go on the turnpike and never remember is if it's cash only at the end of the toll. And I ran into one situation where someone told me it was cash only and didn't have a working debit card because I was getting a new one in the mail. And just the guy had to let me go. I think it was a 40 something dollar toll. It, I pleaded. <laughs> You know what? Just forget about it. We'll charge you. <laughs> that sounds like New Jersey. So I, I wound up living in Wayne, New Jersey for a while. I was commuting to Sea Caucus for work. And I looked at my easy pass bill at the end of one month of commuting and I could have rented two apartments. And I was sure. like, all right, I think I got to stop commuting a long way in the state of New Jersey. I don't think I'm going to make it. Governor Murphy, get to work on that. Dan Kay away from his political stance on toll prices and into the game of hockey it's time to get into hockey, and we didn't bring Tyler Davey on here to bloviate about our lives. We came here to bloviate about his life. We want to talk about Rhode Island. We want to talk about his hockey love. We want to talk about his work with the Tampa Bay Juniors, and we want to dig in deep to the NCDC tonight because this man is our insider at this point. And with that, the Q&A always starts with the, the most intelligent man, on the broadcast and as somebody who you know at times has maybe tripped and fallen while trying to text and walk and who maybe has you know at times not known what all of the words that lucas says means it isn't me it's lucas jones lucas take it away with the q a with tyler davy today's guest all right tyler so dan and i thought we needed to talk ncdc we knew we had to reach out to you Dan and I were only there for for 12 days. We wish we could have been there the whole time. It could have been 
could have been a lot of fun. We could have been like a like a, a three man superhero team just doing all the games. We could have stuck Dan up in a scissor lift. You and me could have done some nope. games. It uh, could have been a lot of fun. Could have been great. But we love the fact that you were down there. Over three hundred games happening at the Tampa Hub. I think three twenty might have been the final number I got from Kevin Walter today. That I lost track. Three hundred twenty hockey games. Listen, I, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what month it is. <laughs> My mind and lost track probably the second week of this, but here we are. You're you're coming to us right now in a sweatshirt in a dark room. I feel that vibe. <laughs> I know what that energy is like. So let's start broad, and then we'll, we'll work our way into some more pointed discussion. So from your perspective, from an operational perspective, talk to the folks at home about what an event like this of this scale is like to put on for the people actually there on the ground for guys like you for guys like Kevin Walter we saw the strokes pretty active throughout the throughout the event all the people that we saw day in and day out what's it like from your perspective so there were some bumps along the road we'll we'll start there but you know it takes a ton of communication first off because especially some of the days when we had six different rinks going at once and you can't be everywhere at once. So you need to trust that the broadcasters, camera people, scorers, game ops people all in the right spot. Sometimes that can get a bit hectic and then one person doesn't show up and then the whole equation is thrown off. But, you know, you just, it was a lot of buy-in and commitment from everyone. And there was plenty of people who made my life a lot easier over the past six weeks. And first of all, the first person I'll shout out, there's gonna be a lot of them in this because so many people deserve credit. It's the Mindell family. Ken and Nancy, the most versatile people I have ever dealt with. If I needed one of them at Ellington and the other at TGH an hour away, they would have done it. <laughs> they bend over backwards. And if I Ken, if I told him we needed to hang an Ethernet cord from the roof, he'd be climbing the ladder immediately. <laughs> the type of guy he is. But just so many people, and I'm so proud of everyone. And we got to a point where you know what it kind of became second nature to us. But at the beginning, when it was the feeling out process, it really took a ton of communication, but really all hands on deck. And we got a chance to be in a, in a booth with Ken and Nancy throughout the week. I mean, they, they were awesome. And I mean, to just see people put in that type of work, what folks at home need to realize is like, we talk about organizations all the time. And that, that's a testament to kind of the work that the folks like Tyler, Kevin Walter, Brett and Garrett Strote, and everybody with Tampa Bay Juniors are doing because when people want to output that type of effort and it's not like anybody's getting rich quick off of the work that's being put in down there in hub city, Tampa. So to put in that type of effort and to do it for the love of the game, for the love of the people around you. I mean, it's so fun to watch this organization at work and, and to watch what people are willing, the work people are willing to put in for you, Tyler. I mean, you're out here scheduling over 300 hockey games for broadcast. You need a broadcaster for every darn one and you're figuring out, you're juggling it, you're moving it. It's a, it's a Rubik's cube. I don't even know how the colors get together in a Rubik's cube. I could I could not pull off the scheduling process. Can you talk a little bit about you know when you're going through this and you're going through all the behind the scenes, you're going through the scheduling. How do you get yourself ready to broadcast the game, man? Like when you get up into the booth and you finally you know you got your line charts printed you've made sure everyone's okay the scores booth is ready the camera's ready maybe you're on the camera can you talk to me about like how'd you get yourself ready and how'd you keep yourself in there and sound so good on the mic i put a little bit of whiskey in the coffee and no one knows 
<laughs> no, but I mean, first of all, it just starts with setting a plan for the day and just trying to make yourself as comfortable as possible. I'd like to get to the first game at least an hour beforehand. So I know everyone's in the right position. Everyone's comfortable. And from there on out, we just know it's consecutive games and we just keep on rolling. But um, again, it goes down to that communication is knowing where people are, getting everyone's availability, and then trying to put that together. And when I was sending out the schedules, I think you were in one of the threads where by the end, I would say, all right, here's the schedule. This is just the rough draft because I know this is going to change. Yeah. It's going to change once or twice during this week. And that's also a big help was when people would be right on it. They saw all the alterations that I made. They made those proper adjustments. So again, I just can't thank all the people enough that really bought in. And I know there's some great people in this league and I'm going to be a little bit biased saying this, that I'm glad hub city Tampa happened with the Tampa Bay juniors really as that hub organization as between Garrett and Brett Strode, Kevin Walter, there's such professionalism in that organization in Advent health center ice Saddlebrook. I mean, it was really the perfect storm of organizations coming together, putting the right people in places. And so I came to fruition so comfortably. Yeah, I'd run through a wall for the Strokes, man. They, they I, I could not imagine getting a chance to play for for gentlemen like that behind the bench. Kevin is just so I mean, no matter he is the guy I want leading me if I'm a troop. If I ever get drafted into the army, I want to be storming storming beaches, man, with that guy. Because he I was I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off for the 12 days we were there. And there were times where I go sprinting in and I just see him, he'd calmly look at me and just be like, here's this, this, and this, and it'd be done. And it's like to watch that, it's just, it's such a great, just kind of everybody understands exactly where their avenue is and what they need to do. And you guys are doing it so well. And Tyler, I, before we get into NCDC and stuff, I want to talk about you as a broadcaster, man, because I'm not kidding. I, I love listening to you call a game. And, And for folks that don't understand hockey broadcasting, it is to me, I've broadcasted every sport out there, and there is nothing like it. This is the rock music of broadcasting. This is the ACDC of getting on a mic and calling a sporting event. And to hear somebody, you know, you have such a the, the gravel, the kind of the the jeu de vivre, the ability to kind of mix the wording, be your own color commentator while doing that broadcast. Can you talk to me a little bit about just, you know, what got you in the broadcasting? What was that moment for you where you said, Hey man, I think I'm going to be behind the mic. I think I'm going to do this. So it goes back to high school and I was always involved in sports and I never played hockey growing up. I was a baseball player my entire life, but always loved hockey. Uh, All started with the Providence Bruins. It honestly starts way before that, probably at four years old going to Providence Bruins games where I fell in love with the game. And then growing up playing baseball came a point where I was like, you know what? This is not going any further than high school but I'm a sports fanatic. I need to find a way to stay in. And honestly, it started with broadcast mode on NHL 15. I would just put the simulated games on, start talking over them. I was like, you know what? I could do this. I enjoy this. And then started or was one of the co-founders of the broadcasting club, my high school, got involved with the high school hockey team, and then went down to USF. First email I send out, do you have any broadcast opportunities? They sent me to student radio. Worked my way up there, and my friend Brian, who was working at the radio station at the time, he's now the president of the Quad Cities, Tri-City Storm or Quad City Storm, one of them, and the NHL. I think I told you about him. He went straight from broadcaster to team president. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a normal trajectory. That's where I'm trying to go. I'm trying to own a team here. 
Oh, exactly. I'm the Tampa Bay Juniors owner come next year. <laughs> but he got me involved with Tampa Bay Juniors because he played junior for them. That's where I got to know the Strode family and then worked with them for four years through college. My first year out of college, I was with them and made the decision to move back to Rhode Island. So I started working in college hockey and doing all college sports. And then with everything with COVID-19, all the cancellations, the postponements, the college ranks, especially New England, the USPHL was really the only league starting on time. So it came to a point in the summer, I said, you know what? I can't go with the fall being postponed. I cannot go nine months without broadcasting. Yep. I called Garrett up, said, would you take me back? He said, without a doubt. And the original plan was come back at Christmas, go back up to Rhode Island at Christmas time. Maybe things will be settled. This opportunity fell in my lap. And much to the chagrin of my girlfriend, there was no way I could say no to this. There's no way. And, and you look at it. I mean, I, I love the opportunity. You see, and this is what we tell young broadcasters. I talked to a lot of broadcasters at, at my former alma mater and with other folks teaching in the college spectrum. And, and it's, it's the idea of putting yourself in a position to succeed. Luck doesn't exist, right? Destiny is no matter a chance, it's a matter of choice. You got to put yourself in a position to succeed. You saw that there wasn't a, there wasn't going to be hockey broadcasting for a while in new England. And we're still dealing with it up here in the North right now. And you put yourself in a position to have an opportunity to absolutely dominate. And when you got the opportunity to dominate, you did it. You did it full force throughout an entire, entire two-month span. And that is exciting. And I love the baseball background, by the way, because a fellow baseball player here, and, and you got a little bit of a Verlander look. I didn't really get that until right now. I could see, Lucas, I could see him kind of <laughs> like the Scherzer guy, just walking into a parade after a Verlander raises another World Series trophy because they probably have the trash cans back in Houston now. I will take that compliment. So – in terms of baseball, first of all, so the guy who pitched in front of me, he went on to pitch at UConn. He would start the game just chucking 90 miles an hour. And in Rhode Island, no one was touching him. And then eventually, second, third time around the order, they start adjusting a little bit, choking up on the bat. Then I come in just throwing 55-mile-an-hour curveballs <laughs> to touch it. It's a heavy 55. That's what I tell everybody. When I was throwing in college, man, I had to throw at guys that were throwing absolute shed. And I was, I was just a kitchen sink guy. I was out there like uh, in major league when he's putting like lip balm on his shoulder and Crisco on his wrist. That was Dan K to a T. I, I still, I'm going to put myself out there right now. My, my buddy LaCava at third base for me in junior college, I had a, a good amount of, good amount of heartbreaking curveballs and big moments where he came over to rub down the ball with a batting glove. That was a little pine tart up for me. So, <laughs> you know, we, you know, it's within the it's within the rules of the game. Nothing says he can't have it on his batting glove. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's all cold about finding a competitive advantage. It's cold <laughs> up here in the Northeast. Tough to play that way. <laughs> well, so speaking of competitive advantage, uh, it's a let. I I, I want to get into some specifics and start breaking down some teams because we're getting near that time. We're we're getting near this nationals time here. You know the the season is charging forward and it's it's almost at the end here so Tyler what were some standout moments for you was there any team in particular that stood out as of as of lately as of recent with you know maybe the way they ended the hub or a couple of guys that maybe still stick in your mind as as players that everyone needs to watch out for so the first team in terms of what are you doing for me right now is the Powell Junior Islanders winning six of their last seven the only loss 
a tough fought one against the Boston Junior Bruins, who in their own right, pretty spectacular team. But averaging eight goals per game in the month of February, just unheard of numbers. They have <laughs> such a deep blue line with Philip Waugh, Liam Donnellan, Bobby Starring, to name a few, as well as they moved Spencer Corona down to their second line. And that gave them perfect scoring balance because they were such a top-heavy team to start this hub. But once they found that mix of Dom Satimo taking over on that top line, they've been unstoppable. And, I mean, I have to mention the addition of Thomas Gale. I mean, what a coup for Mike Marco and Frank DeCera. He has completely turned around their season. Nine and one since joining them. He gives them a chance to win every single game, and they did just that. And that was a guy in Thomas Gale that he could have gone a couple different ways in this NCD scene. He found his way to Pal. They worked for him. And you look at Ryan Willett, man, when, when, when there's a Willett, there's a win. Like this guy, 16 goals, 26 assists on the year, 42 points. And you talked about it. Dom Satimo was a guy who I felt like I always joke about the Dan K bump. Every time we called a game for the Pal Junior Islanders, he scored the first goal. He's like a, he's a guy who just gets out of the gates quick. He tends to win the race for a puck. He's good loose puck guy. He's going to battle hard on the ice and he's a, he's a tiny guy, but he skates big and he's physical. This pal team. I mean, do you think from everything you saw, is this a team come playoff time that, that has a real shot at the title or are they one of these dark horse teams? Without a doubt, a dark horse team. And you mentioned Ryan Willett, seven points in his first two games in the hub and just watching him play. He is a guy who sees things five plays ahead. He can be banging his stick down, calling for the puck in the defensive zone because he knows if he gets it there, what the perfect breakout's going to be. And just such a great facilitator of the offense. You had Devin Moran in the mix on that top line. But yeah, I don't think there's any team in this league that wants to see the Pal Junior Islanders right now. We always knew coming to this hub, they were better than their record. And even in this hub city had some struggles, but one thing they always managed was at least getting one point out of a game. I mean, a record of 14, 14 and seven just unheard of amount of overtime losses, but they played a ton of close games. And then once they started to find that groove offensively, there's no such thing as a close game when you're putting eight past a team, but I don't think anyone wants to see them because you add that combination of a deep blue line and Thomas Gale, if the offense isn't clicking, you still have a pretty good structure at the back there. And I think the one interesting thing that at least we noticed when we did a couple of pal games uh, down at the hub was, you know, let, let's take away for a second, the advantage of, of eight goals a game. So let's let's live in a world where that's not always going to mm-hmm. exist, even though that's a crazy statement to have to make. This PAL team, not only did they win close games, but they caused a lot of close games. They were coming back from one, two goal deficits, and they were making games close. You know, you can't lose games in overtime without first sending them to overtime, right? Mm-hmm. And and in a situation like, you know, a potential playoff run or even a semifinal game, knock on wood for these guys, like you start to get those situations where it becomes a coin flip and your ability to turn a one goal, two goal deficit into at least a chance in overtime. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think, I don't think you can overlook that. I mean, overtime is never going to be a comfortable situation for anyone that's in it. Like you said, it's a coin flip and this is Islanders team. And another guy to mention is Philip Wall. Once joining him in this hub city, such a poised defense around the puck guy who started the year at Vermont someone who can just take over a game completely. And this is an Islanders team that was finding ways to get points, to stay relevant, even when things weren't going exactly the way they wanted it. No one could take that third spot from them. Even the way the Rangers have been playing, they haven't been able to catch Pal. 
And you know what? Mike Marco, co-coach of the year last year, we know he's got that ability. And coming in, he said it. We're better than our record. I mean, you look at contextually, especially the South Division, who really was the Garden State team just beating up on everyone. <laughs> your Islanders start to diversify their portfolio and start having a lot of success in this league. And now I'm going to put you on the spot in that Garden State battle. I mean, we're sitting in the Garden State right now. It's freezing cold up here, and this is a cold, hard lock. I got to get out of you. Rockets Hockey Club, Jersey Hitman. I make you pick a side. You got to go with one. And this is all the marbles. You win this. You are taking over for Doc. You're now the national broadcaster on NBCSN, NHL National Games. Do you go Jersey Hitman? Do you stay with the tried and true? Do you stay with Toby Harris, Jim Hunt, and those winners there up in Wayne, New Jersey? Or do you think it's the year of the Rockets Hockey Club and Coach Jason Kersner? So you asked me this a couple weeks ago at the Space Coast Classic. I said the Rockets, and I mushed them a little bit (laughs) on a three-game losing skid. And you know what? That question has honestly kept me up at night sometimes because I knew I'd have to face it again. And you know what? Just from what I've seen recently and what the Jersey Hitmen have been able to do, I got to say the Jersey Hitmen. One reason why is the experience factor. They bring in a lot of guys from that team last year that know the structure, know the system. Unfortunately, now with the postseason experience, because they weren't able to have that last year, but still some third-year guys that do have it for Toby Harris. But the Rockets, Jason Kersner, he could lose the remainder of the games this year. He's still a shoo-in for coach of the year. He's already more than doubled their win total from last season, but it's still fairly new. And you look at the Jersey Hitmen and the additions they've made and guys like Isaac McLeod, Ryan Patosha, and Joshua Barnes. If I told you that there was going to be a player in this hub city that could take Daniel Ibrahim off the top line, look at me like I had 10 heads. Joshua Barnes went haywire today. The Jersey win against Boston Advantage. They had five power play goals. Barnes was on task for three of them. He's a guy who was drafted in the first round of the OHL draft, never went. And Toby Harris got him from a cold call. I used to work in sales. I wish I could find cold calls that successful. (laughs) I like Joshua Barnes because he has just added such a great mix. And when it moves Daniel Ibrahim down, that moves everyone else down and bolsters every other single line. We talked about it at Space Coast, a guy like Jin Lee, who's the perfect anchor. What every single successful team needs is that third line center who kills penalties, plays crucial minutes, is disciplined, and can also score the puck. So you know what? (sighs) Tough question. But the Jersey hitmen got my vote. And they'll probably go on in a nice little losing skid just because I said that. So sorry, Toby, and sorry, Jim. I do got to tell you that you took that perfectly from the Dan K playbook. Okay. So what you did there was the old patented switcheroo or the flipperoonie is what I call it in both <laughs> ways. So you pick one side early, right? You get it on tape. You know where that tape is. You've already let us know exactly where it is. You come back a little later. You pick the other side. You give a really good reasoning. And then what happens? Come championship time, don't matter, baby. I'm going back to whatever clip sounded better, and <laughs> that's the one I'm going with. And I have done this to Lucas for a for decades in this game, working together since we were in middle school in broadcasting. And it's, it's never failed me. So that's a real smart move. I like the move. And I, I love this Jersey Hitman team. What I will say, there's something about the Rockets – 
playing style and their ability to get guys to the net that I really think translates to playoff hockey. And for some reason, I know they didn't have a chance to play playoff hockey last year, this hitmen side, but the playoffs have been a tricky foe for the Jersey hitmen. They have so much talent, so much ability, such great coaching behind the bench, but they have that target. There's that target on their back and to hitmen, no pun intended, but it's the idea of whoever goes into that barn in week one, they're going to bring everything they have. We've seen the Cyclones do it to them. We'll see what happens this year. But but I love that Rocket style get to the net, and they've got the net mining this year. Do me a favor. Clip what second we're at this podcast because I'm about to pump the Rockets tires, and I want this saved. Come play. Lucas is clipping it right now. Okay. The Rockets Hockey Club, they play with such a swagger. They are incredibly deep. I mean, that line of Clark Kerner, Sam Lipkin, and Jake Bongo is one of the best in this league. I'll put them up against anyone. And it's not a quiet confidence because they'll let you know how confident they are. They will chirp at you and they get under team skin. That's what they do. And you can do it when you're beating teams 7-1, 5-0. When you have Aiden Harper, one of the most composed net miners, probably one of the best net miners in this league, if not the best. And then he has to miss a couple of games. You have Matthew O'Donnell, who's still top five in every goaltending statistic. So they have that. They have active defensemen. And if you want to see how their style of play is successful, ask no other team but the junior Bruins. Yep. Two games in that hub, 6-1 and 5-1 wins. The way the defensemen are able to activate a rush, and they're just relentless. So you know what? That's my clip now for the Rockets. <laughs> if you want to win this Deneen Cup, I called it right here, February 16th, 10-16. But I'm a genius. I'm getting the NBC job, like you said. That's exactly how you do it. That's You've done it. You've, you've accomplished it. I will say well, two, two things about the hitmen, though, and, and it's I'm taking the classic middle guy stance of one pro and one con here about the Jersey hitmen. Boo. Is that the Jersey hitmen – I think the fact that they didn't have that playoff experience, like we, we talk about, they got, they got bounced out early. Um, you know, they obviously weren't not happy about that. Right. But if anyone can weather a storm, it's the hitmen. And I think the, the one interesting thing is, and we might talk, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but with all the additions the hitmen have made, they have still managed to avoid that, that disorganization, that, period of adjustment, bringing all those new guys in it, it, the train has just continued to roll on. And so if there's anyone that can weather that storm, it's the hitmen. but on the flip side of things, I love this Rockets team. I used to live in new Brunswick. So they were my hometown guys are about 20 minutes up the road and they are, you use the word relentless and that's a hundred percent correct. And I've watched the hitmen struggle to deal with a relentless four or five man press when they, when they can't get the puck moving, when they can't get themselves turned around and skating up, they have trouble. The problem where teams have failed in that regard, and I think we, we may have seen it even in, in some games at the hub, is teams can't keep that up for 60 minutes. Eventually, the hitmen break through, and they score a goal, and they put you on your back skate. And I think if there is one team that can play 60 minutes up in their face, five men relentless, full send pressure, it's the Rockets Hockey Club. I need to jump in here. Because we're talking all New Jersey. We've talked pal. And we got one more team that I think we need to talk about in our limited time here on this NCDC division in the South. It's the Connecticut Junior Rangers. They've won nine of their last 10. 
They've won five straight. And I'm embarrassed for Lucas to not talk about Jim Hankel's side because I hope I hope Coach Hankel reaches out to Lucas. You can reach him at uh oh, he's already got my Instagram down selling <laughs> on Instagram. You can coach Coach Hankel, you can let him know that Dan Kay recognizes the greatness of this Connecticut Junior Rangers side. Also, you know, Dan Kay recognizes that Coach Hankel didn't beat him in the All-Star Games this year. So therefore, Lucas has to be my caddy on the golf course next time it gets warm enough here in Jersey to golf. But this team, I mean, a 4-3 win over the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs. Uh, They lose one to the Cyclones, but it's a defensive battle, classic Flanagan hockey. They shut out the advantage. They shut out the Bruins. They beat a South Shore Kings team that I want to talk about in a second as well. They beat Twin City and IHC. I mean, February's been good to them, and they're leaving this hub in style. Four games in hand on Powell, and they're just one point back. I mean, Tyler, you got a chance to see a good amount of Connecticut. I mean, how good are they? Well, if there's any team that's really night and day from where they came in, where they are now, I look at the Connecticut Junior Rangers, and so many additions they've made to their rosters, guys that are headed to D1 colleges. I mean, Connor Joyce has been brilliant for them, the BC commit, Chase McGinnis. I mean, the list goes on of players they have. Joe Sheriff and Derek Manzella are a great pairing in net for them. And yeah, really when it comes playoff time, it's not about who's been the best team over the course of six months. It's who's the hottest team. And right now the way that they are trending and the players they have and you know, it took a little while in that hub city when you have a bulk number of guys that you added, you know, it takes that cohesion process. Now they have it. They're firing on all cylinders. was able to see them today score six against the Islanders hockey club. And again, they have those impressive wins. They've made the statement wins. They're not just creeping up by picking off the bottom feeders. I mean, a shutout against the Bruins, a game they were outshot in. They play structured, and they know that once they take that lead, they're a very tough team to play against. And with that secondary scoring that they're able to find, I mean, they have the Flansburg twins as well as Bobby Barrasso who provide that bite at the bottom of a roster. I mean, they're a deep team, and I don't think anyone wants to see them either. I'll tell you what, their coach, Coach Ankle, wakes up at about 4 a.m. every day to hit the gym and get the pump on. And these guys woke up at about 3 in the afternoon, but they are ready to go now. And it, it doesn't matter when you get started in this game of hockey, especially at the junior hockey level. It matters how you finish. And this is a team in playoff positioning right now that I'm telling you right now, be gosh darn careful if you're in that South Division. That feels like a team that might see Jersey, that hitman side in week one of this postseason – and watch out for Coach Hankel because he is going to want to win. We go to the North, the Norris, as we say. What if you could naturally improve your sleep and fight snoring just by drinking water? Introducing Remastered Sleep, the first water bottle designed to fight snoring and provide a natural way to better sleep. This is not just an advertisement. This is a personal recommendation. I was part of the study trial and began to feel the benefits in just a few weeks. I continue to use Remastered Sleep to help me get restful sleep even on long road trips. Head to RemasteredSleep.com to find out more information and use the code DANKSHOW10 to get 10% off your purchase. Remastered Sleep, aspiring to make healthy easy. And the king of the north right now is not Jon Snow. It appears to be the Boston Junior Bruins, but a team that I want to talk about first is my dark horse. You know, when we brought up that first dark horse, you said pal down in the south. It got us on the south side. But how about the south side of the South Shore Kings? Chikara Hanzawa, the artist, and this Evan Zari-led side. How incredible have they been to watch in the hub? And they were a team that came in with a little bit of momentum 
And the question is, could they carry this over? And they were starting to get a good feeling. And the moves they made, Chikara hands out, just absolutely brilliant what he's been able to do. The moment he joined the South Shore Kings team, the, flipped complete, the script completely flipped on their entire season. He's made everyone around him better. This combination he has with Ryan Bottrell as well as Jack Luca has been brilliant. They've won 16 of their last 22, and they didn't do it cheaply at all in this club city. Two wins against the Jersey Hitmen. They beat the Rockets, and they beat the Junior Bruins. The three teams they're chasing in the standings, they all took down. And for the South Shore Kings, too, a lot of early overtime games in this hub city, they won all of them. So they found ways to win in a multitude of ways. And they made some additions to Carter McNarland, the Vermont commit has helped them. Ryan Rossborough coming from the junior Bruins and the junior Bruins had an embarrassment of riches. They were able to send a guy like Ryan Rossborough his 18 points over to South shore. He hasn't missed a beat whatsoever. And then you look down the Quinlevin twins, they scored in one game back in early January and their season completely turned around. They have that secondary scoring. They have experienced defensemen, Ryan Leonard, year number four with the South Shore Kings, and then Evan Zari. I mean, the guy never takes a day off. They've played, I think, 37 or 38 games this year. He's played in 36 of them. The only reason why he didn't play in one was a suspension. And (laughs) and I was joking with Toby Harris because he said, you know what? South Shore should just try and play us every single game. Mm-hmm. Once they beat us and Hanzawa had the hat trick, he makes his commitment to Sacred Heart. And then Evan Zari stands on his head to beat us, and he's on his way to West Point the next day. So listen, I think they need one more game, and Ryan Bottrell is going to be the guy who gets the commitment. Yeah, this this is one of those teams that if you try to go to USPHL.com and look at their stats as a team, you'll be horribly misled with where they are right now because they were a team like Connecticut that started off the season, not in the place, not only not in the place that they are now, but not in a place that and in any way resembles where they are now. The the game that we watched and the games that we've been able to watch, it's been such a confident game. It's been a balanced game and it's been a breakout game. And, And that's kind of where I love to watch South shore play is this confident style where they, it's it's shifting all the time, right? They're they're playing well in transition, and then when they get the breakout, they've got those talent guys. Because sometimes when teams are not stuck in a style, but when teams are in a style of okay, we need to get some guys in the zone, we need to get some guys in the neutral zone. What they lack is that breakout presence, that that guy who can finish for them, and they've got those guys. And with the confidence they have in Zari, you can now move everyone up a little bit. You can, you're not necessarily leaving Zari out to dry because he can stand on his head. And I've never seen South Shore at the NCDC level more confident than the game that you and I broadcasted to him. And that was absolutely incredible. Eight nothing win. And you look at Zari, it's the guy who's three wins away from 50 in his USPHL career. 19 and three with the Hitmen two, three years ago now. Man, I feel old. And (laughs) you, you look at, you look at the South Shore Kings side. I mean, when he joined them last year, he faced 1029 shots and put up a 920 saves percentage. Looked great, 3.54 goals against. But each year, what I look at is that saves percentage. A 914 in Jersey with a winning record, losing record last year with a 92. This guy's up at a 929 right now. He's stopping 93% of shots faced in net, and he's faced more shots this year than he did last year with South Shore, and he's got a winning record. He's 20, 12, and one. He starts every darn game they need him to. We even watched him in that game, an 8-0 victory over the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs. 
They pulled him in the third period with seven minutes left. Not a, not a peep, not a problem, not an issue. He came over, got behind his backup netminder, gave him the go ahead. And, and, you know, to watch a guy in a game at this level, so driven by numbers and so driven by those stats, especially for netminders being looked at by colleges across the country, a guy who was uncommitted at the time to take that benching quote unquote, for lack of a better word with seven minutes left with a shutout against the team behind you in the standings at the time, a one point differential between the two. This guy is not just next level on the ice. He's next level up in the, between the, uh, in between the years. And I mean, Evan Zari is my favorite net miner to watch in the hub. And speaking of great net miners, there's, there's one, with the Boston Junior Bruins, and there's been a lot of great net mining with the Boston Junior Bruins. There's been a lot of great hockey with the Boston Junior Bruins. I mean, separate the Rockets Hockey Club having their number a bit. They they are unbelievable. Just how good is this Junior Bruins team? Does the record tell the whole story? Are they a little less than where that record is, or you think they're a little more? I think they're a little bit more, to be honest. They are a very young team, and when you have so much youth, it takes a little bit. It's a growing process. And you look at, there's a handful of 03 players, handful of 04. And then you look at the line chart, you see the young guys, but then you see the college commitments, how much talent there is. I mean, I want to say about 15 college commitments and all D1 schools, a lot of guys going hockey East. And we haven't been able to see Jackson Dorrington as of late. He's been a little banged up. There's no reason to rush him back, the cushion they have in that division. But Dorrington, a guy who can take over a game by himself, we start to see him get a lot more physical and activate that side of his game and a team that also has such great size and guys like Mac Oliphant, Jack Dempsey, Shane Lachance. Then you had Chris Delaney, the speedster. He just had such a perfect mix. And we were talking before this podcast as well, the game I just had today, an 8-6 win for the Junior Bruins. Colin Graff, Frankie Ireland, Ian Carpentier combined for six of the eight goals. Frankie Ireland, a hat trick, 28 goals on the season. So they are loaded up and down, getting contributions all over the place. Matt Cormier, another one who's in that bottom six, had five goals in two games at one point. And they are a fully loaded team. And then you have TJ Semtenfelter in between the pipes. Gives you a chance to win every single game. And what I've read about him, probably the smartest player in the league as well, based on his SAT score. If you can spell Semtenfelter, I mean, you automatically have an advantage. <laughs> I, I should have been smart, too, with my last name. I, it's like worth 80 points in Scrabble, Kim Check. And <laughs> I had to sort of show name with taking out most of the letters just to get it spelled right. I still have trouble with Dan K. And Semtenfelter, like you said, I mean, this is a guy who's not just good on the ice. He's good between the years. We talk about these net miners. One thing you get in the NCDC, it's a different breed of goaltender. It's a, it's a smart goaltender. It's a heady goaltender. And... You know, Semptonfelter, 19-6, 2-1 on the year. This kid's got a 9-3 saves percentage. He's another 93 saves percentage guy. He's stopping 93% of shots faced. He's good on the shootout as well. I mean, the only guys in front of him are, are living in the Garden State right now because apparently, I mean, by the way, the net minding in Jersey, folks, top four saves percentage guys in the NCDC. Aiden Harper, Rockets Hockey Club, a 9-4-3. Damon Beaver building a dam in net with a 9-4-1 for the Hitmen. Chase Clark with the Hitmen, a 9-3-7. And Matthew O'Donnell with the Rockets Hockey Club, a 9-3-5. It's ridiculous. These guys have combined for 30 
two wins on the sorry oh man it's gonna be a lot of math for me lucas on the fly here oh no no i got this don't don't take my laptop from me it's 63 wins they combined for that's incredible 63 wins between four netminders 1.61 goals against 1.68 1.85 1.94 none of the four netminders have allowed more than two a game They've also combined for 15 shutouts between the four of them. It's ridiculous. It's it's Jersey goaltending. Jersey goaltending and Jersey driving are exactly the same. It's dangerous. Dangerous. Get out of my way. Who are you? How dare you get that close to me? I mean, it's it's great. It's why they're so successful. And it's funny because you talk about the, the net minding on the junior Bruins. You talk about their defense and their defense just carries them year in and year out. And another team that does have a, a pretty good defensive mindset, although as we were talking before this, uh, this podcast, a little bit about their offense, is the New Hampshire Monarchs. And the New Hampshire Monarchs have always focused on defense. If you're a defenseman with the Monarchs, you're playing defense. You're not going to see any Joe Duzaks on this team, defenseman getting out here scoring 30 goals. We interviewed a defenseman who scored a goal. He was the star of the game. And we said, how does it feel to score a goal for Coach D'Alessio? He goes, I got yelled at. I wasn't supposed to do that. I wasn't even supposed to be there. Can the defense of the Monarchs carry them through? Their offense is good. But the offense at times has struggled, has been a little spotty. Can their defense, is it good enough to carry them through those spotty moments? I definitely think they need Landon Krikori and their captain back. Everyone needs that leadership. He hasn't played since January 19th. I mean, Xander Lizot, he has been the Seth Jones of that team ever since. I mean, you guys mentioned on your broadcast when you had him, it seems like he's playing 40 minutes a night. Yep. In every situation, his long hair is flowing through the wind, and he doesn't look gassed whatsoever. They've added a guy like Charlie Ross, who's played a handful of games now, Owen Gonter, and Jeb D. It's a good defensive core, but I think you add Landon Krikorian into that mix with an offense that has the ability to turn it on. I mean, yes, this game wasn't the best indication today, of the defensive structure of that team. But if that offense can turn it on in that way, with the structure they have, I think it's going to come down to confidence, the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs. Because right now, it's a bit of a struggle, a little bit of a tailspin to end this Hub City. I think just get on the flight, forget about it. You're still in a position here in third place, games in hand on the South Shore Kings. Focus on what's ahead of you. You got Ogan Hanyans in net. Yep. I had Semtenfelter versus Ogan Hanyans today. That was a brilliant game for me to broadcast, but he's a workhorse as well. And he gets plenty of work. And even in the games, he gave up eight goals. He still makes highlight reel saves. Ogan Hanyan's a huge piece, but I think it's going to be a full team effort. I don't think the defense will let him slide in a league as deep as this one this year. Yeah. I mean, it's the one thing that I think has really impressed us is the depth of really every team, every game, you know, even the games that end up a little squirrely for one side or the other start off fairly even. And I think one of the interesting things, and and I think you're the perfect person to talk to about this is, you know, with, with the USPHL being the only league currently playing, right. With first league to start the started, started on time this year, all these protocols in place, they were able to get things done. Then they moved down to the hub, obviously getting a bunch of games in there. With that structure, we have seen a lot of players be added to these teams, right? A lot of guys from different leagues, a lot of guys who were playing at the next level coming back because there's no season. Um, 
there's been discussions about how that impacts a team chemistry. We've talked to coaches who said, you know, right now we're getting these new guys to buy in. We're getting the new guys to gel with the old guys. Um, we've seen some teams navigate that well, and some teams struggle with it. So the question I have for a lot of maybe players who are, you know, on these squads or even the parents watching this influx, do you think that adding all this talent has been detrimental to the cohesion of these teams in a way that's noticeably impact these teams? Or do you think it's a much shorter slide and really people who might be, might have a grievance about it are kind of overblowing it out of proportion? I think you have to look at every team contextually when they add players. I think a team like the Jersey Hitman, when you add a guy like Joshua Barnes, there's so much structure around him that he can just fit in and play with Luca Quaro and Liam McClinsky and not look like he's missing a beat. And it's all in the course of your season when you add them. You're on a bit of a winning streak. You just add one guy. It really doesn't mess up the cohesion. It just falls in line. But the team you got to talk about on the flip side of that is the Islanders Hockey Club. I mean, a struggle in Tampa to say the last. They did have some big wins. They beat the Jersey Hitmen twice and the Rockets once. So they they have the formula against the Garden State. <laughs> guy, it's that it seems every game. I have my spot chart. I get 22 skaters two goalies by the end, I was starting to give some of the Islanders games to the, some other broadcasters because I didn't know who was going to be on that 22 and they added new players every single game. And it, it, when you're in a bit of a losing skid, you fall into the fallacy that, Oh, maybe you just add this new guy and this will help it. Then that doesn't because things are a little bit far blown. Now you're blown out of proportion. Maybe you need another couple of players. So I also think it just comes down to contextually, but the Islanders are a team. Yeah, they have these new guys, but they're very talented people. So you got to just try and find that cohesion. And when you add your one or two at a time, I don't think it messes things completely, especially when you have good leadership on a team and a close-knit locker room. I think that's the biggest thing, like the Jersey Hitmen. But the Islanders are hoping they can find the Connecticut Junior Rangers formula. Have these guys in there, let them get comfortable, and then take off at the right time. I absolutely love it. There's a lot of teams, too, we could continue to talk about. We are running out of time here, so I'm going to move forward to the last NCDC question. And this is going to put you on the spot here. You said Jersey Hitman over the Rockets Hockey Club, but now we look at the title winner. And we look at who's going to win it all. Little futures action. Little futures action. And, Tyler, if there's one thing I am great at, as a broadcaster, it's completely deflecting the big answers to others on the broadcast. And Lucas is great <laughs> at answering those questions. And today, I put you on the spot here before we get back to a couple broadcasting questions here. I I gotta ask you, NCDC, you watched a lot of hockey. The NCDC didn't who raises the Deneen Cup? As of today, obviously, so much can change over time. Obviously, we know the things that can go on throughout a season. Who raises it today in your mind? If they had to play it, if we put the postseason together, who raises the cup? So when I think my answer to Jersey or the Rockets, really, that was my answer to who raises the Deneen Cup, and I got to go with the Jersey Hitmen. And again, adding some seriously talented guys that have fit right in line with that team, and yeah, the shortcomings in the playoffs, not being able to prove it last year, I think that just makes them hungrier. They realize that 
They've been to the peak in the regular season. I need to that true apex now. Listen, they're called the hitmen because they have the precision. I love watching them play a full-structured team. It starts the captain, Patrick Keegan, a guy who is 100% locked in all the time. They're my pick. I'm sticking to it until I'm not. But like I mentioned back in um, Space Coast, <laughs> on the best value of any pick, you can probably get good value on the South Shore Kings. That's my dark horse. That's my. That's mine. The South Shore Kings is – I look at this South Shore Kings team and I think back to covering – USPHL hockey back before the NCDC when that was just a a glimmer in the eye of the league. Right. And it was the South shore Kings, you know, Ryan Whitney still rocks the Jersey once in a while from back in the day wits. And this is an organization that you look at what they've done in past years. They seem to have found it again, that, that elixir, that magical elixir. And it's there right now creativity and Evan Zari. I'm sorry to say, but I'll quit the show. Everybody. It's been great. I'm hosting a show for a while. Um, But no, I, I think with, with Evan and net playoff hockey is about having all season long. It's about having two net minders playoff hockey is about one. And I think the hardest question that the Jersey hitmen and rockets hockey clubs are going to have to answer is who's between the pipes. Who's between the pipes in the big game? I know you can play the hot hand all you want, but sometimes it's more difficult to have too much talent than it is to have a guy like Evan Zari. You're just putting him – I mean, he's written in pen. They have every every mm-hmm. score sheet for the rest of the year filled out, and it's Zari the whole way through. You know, in a playoff sense, when it comes to the Rockets, Aiden Harper, that's my pick as their guy. Yep. Jersey, don't have as much conviction on the decision there. We've seen what Damon Beaver could do at Space Coast where he stood on his head, but Chase Clark is no slouch whatsoever. But in a playoff sense, you'd like a guy who just knows he's locked in. He's playing every single game. He keeps the momentum rolling instead of, all right, who are we going to play today? We're going to go this guy or this guy. It mentally doesn't really help. So, you know, I like that. I like Evan Zari. I love it. And I'm not going to put Lucas on the spot yet. I'm not going to put you on the spot for an NCDC pick. I'm going to be nice to Lucas today. I was ready for it. You're ready for it? Well, then go Seems ahead. Seems like go he ahead. has an answer. Well, now answer the question. Now answer the gosh darn question. I was Mister, in. I'm ready for it. This is like when we do the coffee reviews, and I'm like, it's an 8.4, and you're like, I think it's an 8.4 and a half. And I'm like, like, you know, like, you know the hundredth of a decimal difference between this coffee and the last one we tasted. Don't you dare. Well, six years of you tricking me into answering questions on the spot. Now I'm just ready to answer questions. And I think the funniest thing about the Dark Horse South Shore Kings pick because we heard Tyler say it. And then I looked at Dan and Dan said it. And then he we got the nod because the South come Shore to Kings. jump on top of us both picking the South Shore Kings no. and also pick the South Shore I Kings. I think the Rockets hockey club might, are gonna be are gonna be out on top instead of the Jersey Hitmen this year. Ooh. Because I think that the Rockets hockey club might be the only team that can play full send against the Hitmen for 60 minutes and win two games. Um, so I'm coming, I'm coming out here and I'm going to say the Rockets hockey club are going to be the top spot, but I think there is, there was the triumvirate energy around the South shore Kings as a dark horse, because I think what we've all seen is we've all seen the, the completely flipped, right? It's, it's been so good, so quickly, so consistently that they've got the dynamic players. They got the net minding. I like that, but I, I personally think the Rockets hockey club can get out there and beat the hitman. 
It's going to be crazy. A split decision. What's the winner get? Well, are we going for it now? Okay. Oh, now All right, so here we go. So to be to be friendly, we'll let you have the Jersey Hitmen. Lucas will take the Rockets Hockey Club, and I'll steal away the South Shore Kings here. And what we'll do, what are we going to do? What's the winner get? What's something, I mean, what's a good Rhode Island delicacy? Do we have any? So hot wieners is really our delicacy. Like hot wieners and coffee milk. Coffee milk. What are both of those things? Uh, what are what is <laughs> happening here? Remember, this is a PG show. <laughs> Jeez, mine in the gutter. Hot wieners, a hot dog, meat sauce, mustard, onions, celery, salt. Yeah. Delicacy. Best drunk food you could ever have. Okay. And then coffee milk. You know how sometimes you put milk in coffee? Well, now you're flipping around, just putting some coffee and milk. Oh, Lucas would not like that very much. He's lactose intolerant, at least when he wants to be. We'll get your frozen lemonade instead. We have Dell's frozen lemonade. That's another one of our Dell's. Uh, Dell's shandies? Come on, that. man. That's a delicious time. Yes. Come on. Yeah. It's a guy from New Haven. Okay. So then from Jersey, I got to think of what we could get you. I mean, we could obviously get you some bagels if you win this thing. You send him some bagels and pork roll. Some bagels and pork roll. We can get you some pork roll. We'll get you some mm-hmm. bagels. And you're a Seaside Heights guy, so we'll get you uh, a couple of mesh no-sleeve T-shirts. So just give us your size. I will get Dan Casho and then Jim Tan Laundry on the back, and we'll send more hair gel. More hair gel. (laughs) I'll get you hair gel as well. I'll get you all of that. We're going to ship it all to you. So if the Jersey Hitmen win, hold us to it. This is why you clip from the show. Tyler Davies has been a great guest, and I got one more question from – normally we're talking about – choosing organizations when we talk with coaches or or owners, but I put Tyler on the spot before this one, because I love to, I love to talk with broadcasters. I'm a broadcasting nerd. I'm a guy who just absolutely loves broadcasting. I'll listen to somebody calling a ultimate Frisbee game. I got Fubo sports here at home and I'll listen to the random sports that they have on that thing. And just to hear somebody call a game and Tyler, I love listening to your broadcast. You got some of that, some of that, flair of the the new school hockey announcer some of that old school gravel to it i love the mix a little chick hern in there at times too when you've done 95 games in six hours which i like as well it happens to me not on purpose and can you talk to me about about your mount rushmore of broadcasters the the broadcasters that make tyler davy that you look up to in this industry before that we all had three different picks, Jersey, Rockets, South Shore. Congrats to Mike Anderson. It seems as though the Junior Bruins are winning the Zanine Cup. A hundred percent. You know what? Mike Anderson, we will send you hot wieners. We'll send you coffee milk. We'll send you some Dell Shandies. And then you'll get bagels, pork roll, everything you want from Jersey. I don't think he's going to want the mesh gym tan laundry. Instead of the mesh t-shirts, I'll give him the opportunity to run away from one bench interview next season he loves the bench interviews now. <laughs> mike anderson he used to sprint away from us on our interviews back in the day and now he is he's in he's leaning in he won me a couple all-star games he gave me the wink after he won the second one just like yeah man i got it for you he's great he took care of me here in the hub so i guess we'll go into the mount rushmore i'll have my four answers and a couple of honorable mentions at the end go for it first one iron eagle love well- to him, Sunday football as well as the NBA. He's not a guy that has that big towering voice, but he's someone that paints a picture so well. And his inflection is brilliant. The way he's able to inject incite, excitement into games. And Iron Eagle is a guy I could just close my eyes and just listen to him. Oh. Second, Mike Tirico. 
versatility. Monday Night Football, ESPN was foolish to ever let him go. NBC, they never made a quicker and smarter move in their life, <laughs> scooping him up. And then getting on some playoff hockey in the bubble last year. I mean, he's brilliant. He can do it all. He can host the show, the pregame show for Notre Dame football. It calls their games, does everything. Sunday Night Football, you name it. Mike Tirico, that's my second pick. I got to go with Doc Emmerich for number. Doc, you can't have you can't be a hockey broadcaster and not put Doc. It's almost this is, again. This is no particular order. Doc Emmerich probably bump a little <laughs> higher in that list, but Doc Emmerich is the voice of my childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single big hockey moment, you think of Doc's call, and you think of Doc never saying the same word twice in a single broadcast, picking three hundred separate ways to say passing the puck. <laughs> in high school, I would listen to some games. I think back then when it was versus even before NBC sports even existed, yep. just the notepad, just writing down words that he used in ways to put those into a broadcast and sad to see him go and retire, but he deserves it after the lengthy career he had and just all the brilliant moments and having him in the NHL games. That was the perfect summation. And fourth, this is my bias one. The personal one, Jack Edwards, play-by-play guy of the Boston Bruins. He is not your run-of-the-mill broadcaster. He's a controversial one, too. He, there, there's some folks who go after Jack Edwards there. Yeah, and listen, he's controversial. Love him or hate him. He's undeniably himself. Mm-hmm. And he will broadcast the game like no other person you've heard. It's some, if he could be a W, he could fit as WWE broadcaster at points. Some of the way that... I mean, I remember Tyler Randall getting into a fight and he's just singing Christmas carols on the broadcast. <laughs> and just the stuff that he thinks of on the fly. And the reason why I say him also is because a big reason why I got into broadcasting is when I was 15, I met him after a Bruins game. And I told him, I was like, listen, I want to get into broadcasting. Gave me his contact info. We stayed close ever since, every step of the way of me going up. And he's just been such a key piece and a motivator for me to just go forward. And then a couple of honorable mentions. I mean, obviously it has to be Jim Nance. Yep. Jim Nance with Tony Romo. I mean, brilliant. Hello, that's, that's it. That's well, welcoming you into the master. He just got that warming voice and Jim Nance broadcasts a game. Like you're sitting next to him at a bar mm-hmm. or just sitting next to him on the couch, just watching the game. It's just so pleasant. And then Kevin Harlan. Yes. You yep. talk about the big booming voice. But then anytime there's a streaker on the field and he describes everything that person does is just absolutely brilliant. It's comedic genius. And again, it's that huge voice, the broadcaster voice, but he's got it. So I know there's plenty of guys I did not mention. Alex Faust is another one I look up to play by play the LA Kings. Just being at that level as such a young guy going to Northeastern, being at a New England school, working his way up, doing a ton, working in tennis, basketball, and then getting that call up to the LA Kings. Alex Faust definitely makes on the honorable mention list. Hey, you're in Tampa here, baby. You forgot about me. It's like that. It's super satellite sensational with three <laughs> S-men, all right? I'm a type of dandy, baby. Dick Vitale and Bill. <laughs> and Vern Lundquist is another one who could have made that honorable mention list, Vern Lundquist on CBS football as well as college basketball, but Bill Raftery and Dick Vitale, I could have them just completely commentate my life. That's like, I've been adding, I, I had my Mount Rushmore in our first episode of this and I've been adding as I go, right? It's so easy that you could find a million of them. 
recently I've been introducing Lucas to a little Walt, the Clyde the Glide Frazier on MSG, wearing the uh, the crazy suits like Dan K here. That's a that's a little mm-hmm. little ode to him, and, and you know the spinning and winning, the 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 flying and gliding. He's a, the the use of words from me. Walt Clyde Frazier, man, he is a poet on the color commentary. He can do play by play and color, and he's working with Mike Breen. Bang! I mean, you talk about the one of the mm-hmm. best local broadcast teams in the game. Tyler, I got to tell you, man, it, the folks at home, if you don't understand what you guys were treated to, what you you ladies and gentlemen were treated, treated to on, on hockey TV, when Tyler Davey got on the mic, you guys are missing out. This is a, a guy who I'm expecting to bump into down the road here on national broadcasts, traveling around the country, calling games, man. And Tyler, I got to tell you, you, the hospitality, the work that you did with us, I mean, whether you were on the camera, behind the scenes, making sure we had line charts, making sure we didn't miss out on having the commercials during breaks, mess every time we went in there and made a mess, you were running around making sure things were good. I mean, and to schedule this thing, I know, I know it's not our job to really toot our own horns in life, right? We all try to be humble. I always brag, though, that I'm the most humble man anyone will ever meet. And that's something I always say. But Tyler, I got to tell you, man, it, you, what you've done is incredible. And every single person out there listening, if, if you got a job open and you're looking for a broadcaster, a guy who's going to do it all, this is it. And, and Tyler, man, I, I know for a fact it is it's right on the edge for you. And we're going to be seeing you not just continuing to succeed at this level, but it's going to just continue to work up the ladder, man. It, your broadcast the smooth, the mix, the, the, I just, I love somebody who gets it behind the mic and who understands that this game is something that you're new age, man, you're new age. You talk about Jack Edwards and loving him and loving his differentness. We're of the same cut. And I, I love what you're doing, man. Tyler Davey, watch Tyler Davey hockey games as long as you can at this level, because soon enough, you're going to be paying for a gosh darn cable subscription for it or one of the 10 jillion apps on the market. Who knows what app you might be on? I might be calling games on Paramount Plus by the end of this whole thing. <laughs> oh, I mean, thank you so much. And again, another person I need to mention that I forgot to, and it took me probably an hour plus to do this, Joshua Boyd. Yep. It was impossible to pull this off without Joshua Boyd. And again, everyone at the USPHL, because I remember them reaffirming their position that they were committed to finishing this year one way or the other. This was back in October. Yep. And you see that in no better way than this hub city a player first mentality, putting guys in a safe, healthy, educational and consistent environment. It's so good for the physical as well as the mental health of these players and great things have happened. The whole world, the hockey world, the eyes are on the USPHL rising to prominence, tremendous job by everyone involved. And I was just blessed to be a part of it. We got one more game tomorrow. It's going to be bittersweet. Finally signing off from that. Because you know what? I'm going to miss the 8 a.m. wake-up call somehow. Well, 6 a.m., excuse me, the 8 a.m. Yeah. It's the 8 a.m. game. It ain't an 8 a.m. wake-up yeah. call. That's... <laughs> Listen, I know when I get back to Rhode Island the first couple days, it's because I told myself, even on days I try and sleep in when I'm down here, I can't. I'm up and at them at at least 6.30 a.m. I'm going to be lost the first week. I'll have no clue what to do with my day. I have a little bit of a Babson schedule coming up. Other than that, it's just I'm going to miss the consistency of it all. And I know I'm selfish as a broadcaster because this was really the best opportunity for anyone in this world for broadcasting. I'm so glad I was able to have you guys down there. The whole list, Alex Thomas from the Northern Cyclones, 
Kevin Aronson, Nick Gimbel, formerly the Daytona Racers and DME, finally yeah. able to back to call USPHL. So it was great for the players, but everyone involved, it was really a heck of an opportunity. I couldn't be happier. And, and our broadcasters around the, around the globe, man, Nick Rush, you, you talked about, you talked about Nick Gimbel. I mean, Gimbel's so great, man. This is a young guy too, who's just... The, the ability to work on his craft down there has been incredible to just listen to just his cadences, his goal calls get better and better as that whole trip went on the work from Alex Thomas, from the folks down there, Josh Boyd, I, I think he printed 17,000 line charts. I know there was 320 hockey games, but I'm pretty sure that Josh Boyd closes his eyes and sees line charts in his sleep at this point. So, uh, I mean, again, folks, this was, this was awesome to be a part of, Awesome to watch. Tyler, we're going to have your parting words in a moment. Before that, we got to get educational with the kids. We got to get smart. We got to go to Grandpa in the rocking chair. I know you can't watch here right now, but Lucas just sits in his rocking chair all day here in our, in our Florida, in our, I almost said Florida. I'm already breathing <laughs> out of Florida. The heat's on about 80 right now in here, so we're not in Florida. But from our beach studios here in Long Beach Island, New Jersey, Lucas, the educational corner, the academic corner, take it away. Well, this educational advice comes straight from the fact that we recorded this podcast after I wrapped up six straight hours of virtual tutoring. Uh, my last couple of educational moments were a little bit esoteric, a little bit, you Don't know, know that ethereal. They were Got a little out in, the, uh, out in the expanse there. But this is going to be something very easy to follow very immediately. Take your calculator. Throw it out the window. Take your phone. Oh, just threw my phone out the window. Hold on. <laughs> Shut it off. Stop using calculators. Stop it. They don't help you. They just hurt you. I had an algebra teacher in middle school. And this was way back in the day. This would have put me back in 2004. Don't need us. And at this time, if you remember, there were no cell phones. They were there, but they, they couldn't really do much. And this algebra teacher said, you don't use calculators in class because when you get to the real world, you won't have a calculator in your pocket. And oh, how wrong she was. But call her up. I'm not going to do that. She was very nice. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> uh, she was one of my, she was the, the teacher that this advice is going to come from. And it's don't, stop using calculators. I have so many students who can't deal in fractions, can't deal in simple math problems without a calculator. You need to be able to do scratch work on paper. You need to have confidence in the math processes, in the equations. It will set you up for success later down the line. Just stop using them. Do as much practice as you can without the calculator. If you've got to check your work afterwards, the calculator, that's fine. But when you're getting ready for the SAT, when you're getting ready for all these tests, put the calculator down, work on those fractions, work on those decimals, do some long division. It's not that scary, I promise. You'll be fine as long as you put down the calculator. Every time Lucas does one of these, I just feel targeted. And I feel like it's about me <laughs> as a man who had trouble doing 31 plus 32 in his head just moments ago, <laughs> live on the air that will not be edited out. I, uh, I, I guess I second that. Um, as a man who threw his phone out the window the moment Lucas told me to throw my calculator out, I uh, am a little disappointed. My, my phone is ruined. Um, but what's not ruined is this podcast. I mean, an incredible time today, an incredible opportunity to talk to, you know, we call ourselves part of the future of broadcasting. And this is a guy who's certainly a huge puzzle piece in that broadcasting world going forward. New broadcasters, young broadcasters, P 
people who are the future of the game. Let's get rid of the black and white. Let's get rid of the audio only, as we say that on audio podcast. Let's be 2021. Let's look towards the future. Let's have energy. No more soft trumpets playing in the background as people go, and here comes the puck up the ice, and there it goes into the other end. <laughs> Let's get exciting. Let's have energy. Let's be youthful and exuberant. Tyler Davy does that in spades, man. I don't know how you have the energy left to be on here with us today, but we thank you so much for coming on. We close this show with parting words each time. I want to hear your parting words. Tyler Davy, at this point, the voice of all things Tampa hockey and USPHL NCDC. First thing I've got to say is Lucas, you've always had the back of the Tampa Bay juniors, but I'm not taking that advice of the no calculator. I have had to do too much difficult math, dividing the minutes by games played goals per games played, trying to get all these stats in my spot charts. No, I'm sticking to the calculator <laughs> guys. It was brilliant having you down here, especially when I was the spotter and the statistician at points, even Dan K's life coach. Tell them when to drink water. <laughs> Parting words just got to be, if you're in Florida, enjoy it because I am leaving tomorrow. I start my trek back up to Rhode Island. I know I have snow to deal with. And no matter what opportunity you have, make the most of it because you never know. This, this whole year started the pandemic, me doing no work, turning into me doing the most work I've ever done in my life. Huh. You never know. It's preparation meets opportunity. Put yourself in a position to succeed. You never know what's going to fall in your lap. I absolutely love it. And and for the for the young people at home, we have a lot of young broadcasters in college that want to get into broadcasting or starting up. My parting word always goes with who, who we're working with. And today it's hard work. There is no path. There's no path. I, ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you I am a guy who – I have three college degrees from three different institutions and I've been to four. I thought I was going to be a baseball player and man, did I find out I was wrong so quickly at the collegiate level that I was not going to be a baseball player. I was going to be a student and my path, I thought I was going to do film. I thought I was going to do broadcasting. I thought I was going to do coaching. I thought I was, I've been everywhere. I've done everything. And to see what hard work does it brings that path to you. And that's what Tyler Davey did down in this Hub City experience. And, you know, we always joke around, Tyler, that the, the Matthew McConaughey joke from uh, Saturday Night Live that, you know, two paths diverged in the wood and we took neither one because we traveled by zipline. But we traveled by zipline in this one, man. You saw COVID-19, you saw this pandemic, you saw shutdowns, you saw, you know, question marks. And, headed down to Tampa and like you said, put in some of the most work of your life, man. And, and to see what you did for the game of hockey down there, it was awesome to watch. We can't wait to follow along with you for the rest of your career. And for the folks at home, put in that hard work. Do not give in. Someone else wants to outwork you. Someone else is willing to wake up at 5 a.m. when you're waking up at 6. Someone else is willing to, to do 50 games if you're going to do 49. Someone else is willing to get on the ice as a defenseman like Xander Lazat and skate 40 minutes a game to get his coach a win. Someone else is willing to get pulled from a game with seven minutes left to give his backup tendy some time in between the pipes, even though it's a shutout. Someone else is willing to do more than you right now and take it gosh darn personally. Take it personally. Always compete. What did Michael Jordan say, right? I mean, we are three guys here, three sports guys who love this game and love what we do. 
when you see someone else, you know, he, he would say, and I took that personally and he just fueled himself. And I love this man. I love the work Tyler's putting in. Tyler's a guy who takes hard work and he puts it in a gosh darn action. Tyler, love what you're doing, man. Keep watching Tyler Davey. He's heading back up to Rhode Island. You can check him out with Babson. You can keep an eye out for him. Tyler, your social media handles for the folks at home so they can go give you a follow. So on Twitter, Tyler underscore underscore Davey, D-A-V-E-Y. And Instagram, Tyler D underscore 11. Touchdown. Go follow him right now. Give him a follow. Hit that button because I guarantee you he's going to be calling your favorite team's games coming soon. Tyler Davey, Lucas Jones, Dan K, remastered sleep. Lucas has been sleeping in my beach resort hideaway house now for about two weeks, and I don't hear him through the walls anymore. There's no snoring. All it took was a water bottle. He's like a little rabbit. He's in a cage. He has it's a little it's a, a little suction cup. It looks like the rabbit's water bottle, but it's simple. It's easy. All you have to do is just get a water bottle. He's gonna drink water. That's it. You hydrate. Your snoring goes away. You sleep a little better. I love this remastered sleep product. Pro, uh, product. I've been using it myself a bit as well, and I just honestly broadcasting. I have better voice control. I have better everything. I I love it. I mean, that's for me. Try it yourself. See how it works for you. Fighting, snoring with just a sip, Remastered Sleep, and go to remasteredsleep.com. Elite Junior Profiles, the incredible people there, Paul Peckman, Lane Houck, and the whole team. That's www.elitejrprofiles.com. Put the paint on the car. Make the thing look good. Make that recruiting profile pretty, as we say. Woody Harrelson would say that, too. A lot of Woody Harrelson references today for Dan K. Elite Junior Profiles, go make that profile today. Tell them Dan K sent you, or not. doesn't matter. Just go to Elite Junior Profiles. Help yourself out any sport. Lucas Jones, Dan K. You can also hire the Dan K show for your scouting video. You want to put together a three to five minute clip. We've talked to Vincent Petrangelo. We've talked to Kyle Wallach. We've talked to coaches throughout the game. What do they say? Get yourself on tape. Get it to us. It's COVID-19, man. It's tough to travel around. There's not as many events. These coaches are watching on hockey TV. And if they're not watching on hockey TV, they're missing you. So get your clips to them. Go to dankshow.com. Go to the Hire Us tab and hire us today. $500. You get yourself a scouting vid. You get voiceover about the great things you're doing. We'll put in some clips. I'll do some of my John Madden. Boom! And there's a goal scored for you. And it's not just the goal scores. It's the back skates. It's the big-time defense. It's the four checks. It's the hard hits. Do it all. Goaltenders, it's all those beautiful stops. That's it. At the underscore Dan K Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Lucas is miserable with me that my clothing closing has been this long www.dankshow.com. When Dan K is on the mic, it's always hockey night.